to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Good morning, audience, and welcome to the Big Red Couch, episode 172. Here in Aylesbury, where I am joined by my unwelcome and unwanted co-host, Traffic Noise, I am Craig. And on the other side of the world... It's Ben, and I've got a little bit of vaguely disorderly party to keep me company tonight, so uh, we're in we're in good stead, so... We, we both have unwelcome guests. <laughs> yes, it's a, we're, we're very inclusive on the audio spectrum. I will scrub those bastards out if I can, so help me. Hiya, Craig. How you doing? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing okay. It is a... Somewhat sunny Saturday morning. The The weather is warming up from England's chilly but not cold enough to actually snow in a helpful and picturesque manner normal state. I'm still bitter about that in case you hadn't, uh, hadn't figured it out in the audience. Has snow ever been helpful though? Isn't it like just kind of lazy, malingering rain? I mean, it looks pretty. I guess. Being uh, someone who's lived in the vicinity of mountains... It, it does look picturesque, very far away, where it cannot possibly affect you. But, um, cool, yeah. <laughs> I, I still quite like it. I imagine if I lived in a place where it snowed, like, a lot, and a lot of the time, I would grow to hate it. But, um, fortunately, it's it's still a novelty to me. It's this thing that appeared in, in TV shows and on Christmas cards. Fair enough. So, and you thought you'd encounter it just once when living in jolly old England, and uh, it has so far betrayed you. Oh, it has. To be fair, it has snowed. It just hasn't snowed quite as much as I would have liked. Uh, but there have been a couple of decent. It hasn't snowed up to your exacting standards. I, I'm here. Exactly. Yeah, and my admittedly lofty and unrealistic standards. But nice. Fair. It has snowed at times. The canal has frozen, which meant that there were some fairly unimpressed ducks. It was quite fun. At times it shut down the public transport network, which is really all you can hope for with a snowstorm. It shows at least trying, so yeah. Indeed. Cool. I personally didn't need to turn the fan on on Friday and wasn't uh, uncomfortable, so yeah. The end times uh, are upon us. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It's all good. Uh, Our weather report. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. I I, I know it's the most popular segment in the entire show. Uh, Two people living in suburban areas talking about the weather. It's really that (laughs) core content. We've got to go with our strengths, you know. And and it is at least um, on, like, almost opposite sides of the planet. So we are, by aggregate, getting a lot of information in there. True. Our coverage is is, is immense. Indeed. (laughs) Speaking of immense coverage, no. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes, we have a we have a we have a fascinating um, proposal for today's prompt. This comes to us from the the fertile mind of Alex and reads an unusual amount of Elvis. Do you have a game pitch idea for an unusual amount of Elvis? I do, though in classic Craig format. I do have a couple of different ways that one could could sort of introduce the party to the idea, but the actual core idea remains relatively intact. 
this is progress people this is actually making a, a, a definite steps towards um craig's terrible habit of coming up with two ideas and not be able to pick between them i don't know <laughs> hey i feel noticed you gotta kill your daleks or something i heard a writer say that once <laughs> Mm. I may have missed the Scaro thing. Oh yeah, true. Uh, Fair kill enough. other people's dialect. <laughs> anyway, so yes, I I I have an idea. Um, shall, shall I launch into my idea, or do we want to relegate Absolutely. it to the? Okay, so <laughs> this this idea is somewhat extremely heavily influenced by the game Time Watch and by the recent uh, Loki uh, Marvel miniseries. Mm-hmm. Recent being, I think, within the last year or so. Uh, within, within the last course of time soup. Fair enough. I've been living in a, a studio apartment for two years. I think I've spent less than ten nights away from this place in that two-year period. Time is increasingly irrelevant to me. Mm-hmm. And indeed incomprehensible to me. So we'll, we'll start out with the introduction. Basically, people, people coming back from some sort of time yeah timeline fixing mission you could drop this into sort of an existing game of that ilk you could set it up as okay so you're coming back from this mission and as as sort of more of a and we drop people right into it uh, kind of game but they sort of arrive back at the the halls of the time agency and i'm kind of imagining something a bit art gallery-ish you know you sort of got this long hmm. sort of Long hallway with probably niches with display screens in it. You know, big, big sort of complicated staircase in the second second row of gallery. Probably marble because people like that shit. But techno classical. Hmm. And so they walk back in, and it's complete bedlam. Clearly, many things have caught on fire. Some of them, the um, the display screens, which are obvious, either sort of still smouldering or have fallen off the walls entirely, or are just displaying static. At least one of them is displaying a picture of a fire, just to be just to be difficult. So that's nice. my, my contribution. <laughs> <laughs> With just a sort of a fire, fire, sort of flashing on it. Fire is loose in this theatre. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, there are various alarms going off. Probably there are um, sort of injured people lying around and blood um, and, and the occasional sort of blood uh, blood trail. And lots of anguished cries of, why? How could this happen? Oh no. I mean, I'm thinking it's a bit quieter than that. There's probably some low uh, moaning, right. or maybe just everybody's dead, but you know, let your heart be your guide. Somebody has used sort of bright red paint to paint this crude timeline on the floor, and it's actually sort of gone sort of the full length of the gallery up the stairs and seems to be continuing along one side um, at the next level up. And it's sort of just linking it off to documents that they've stuck to the walls. So they're clearly trying to understand a something occurring in time. At various mm. bits, it's sort of the, the, this timeline actually branches. And there's basically just documents relating to all sorts of shit. Some indications of interference in sort of Dutch agricultural policy in the 1920s or, or or this kind of thing. Just stuff that doesn't really seem to make much sense. You know, people fucking around with, with US troop deployments in Germany in the 60s. This this is sort of thing. And sort of at the top of the stairs about where, where, where the landing is, some 
attempt at figuring out what the hell is going on seems to be going. They've got sort of little little post-it notes relating to specific years, and they're basically trying to cluster them into what do these have to do with? And so they've got sort of stuff to do with, with warfare, they've got stuff to do with economics, but there's a, a sort of a small cluster which is under a banner that somebody's probably just written on the wall with marker pen that is just Presley and a question mark. There's a small cluster mm. of events under there that seem to be related to Elvis Presley. And that's the situation that people walk into. Right. So the place is, has, there has been a disaster and someone has attempted to manually chrono map what occurred. Mm. And because all of the, uh, all the systems that normally didn't do that automatically are no longer working because of foresaid um, catastrophe. Yeah, the, the, the aforementioned horrifying disaster. And there's mm. no real indication of where the hell everybody is, but this is the problem that, that stands before you. And so the backstory is that somebody who is a devoted fan of Elvis Presley basically desperately wants to change the fate of Elvis. And this person works for this temporal agency. They are the worst possible person to have ended up being fixated on Elvis, but nonetheless, this is what has happened. They work for this agency in some capacity. They knew damn well they weren't going to be able to get away with just going and making the change, and so they tried to be a little bit clever about it. And so packaged up information on time travel and a full biography of Elvis and arranged to send it to themselves in the past. The trouble is they fucked it up. And so rather than mm. sending it to themselves in the past once, they sent itself to, them, to themselves multiple times across their own timeline. And indeed, sent it to themselves at times before they existed. Huh. So this information is out there. And so at various points in their own life, I mean, depending on how you wanted to do it, it could be synced up nicely with Elvis's birthday, just for the, a sort of a, a, oh, and this is this year's delivery of weird shit from the future. Yeah, which is turning up as some sort of very, very disturbing prophecy. Indeed. And so at various um, points in their life, and indeed prior to their birth, this package of information has arrived. Every time it arrives, it kind of spawns off another leg of the trousers of time this is what's overloaded the the system because basically they've got i don't know a hundred different potential elvis related timelines that have spawned and this person has at various times sort of in their life come up with completely different solutions to the elvis problem right and even even when the time say they were not there to wherever the, the past was to be collected or the part, the, the part before they were even present to collect the parcel, somebody has found this and gone, wait a minute, there are American troops in Europe in this this future space year 1960. Oh, they must be stopped. There must be some sort of revenge for the, revolution, for the Revolutionary War or something like that. And things have been um, set in motion. Yeah, cascading wildly out of control. Yes, somebody has sent me this information on how to build a time machine and on this this person named Elvis Presley who doesn't really seem to have anything to do with um, with military stuff, but it must have been important. Mm. 
And so you've got, I mean, the, the, the throwaway reference to mucking around with um, with troop movements is, of course, Elvis was in, yeah, did serve in the US Army in Germany for a couple of years. And based on my hasty reading of a Wikipedia article, that is where somebody introduced him to drugs. Yes, that is uh, a common refrain that I've come across. And um, Priscilla as well. But eh. Indeed. <laughs> but you can imagine somebody saying, well, okay, if we can stop him getting into the, the speed effectively, amphetam- amphetamines, you know, so it could be that they decide, well, fuck it, let's just kill that one guy because they know his name, or at least they know the person that Elvis claimed it was. Um, or maybe you just are a little bit subtle and you just rearrange things so that the two never meet. Alternatively, you can go even further and say, well, okay, let's go at his manager, Colonel Tom Parker, mm-hmm. whose name was not Tom Parker. He was a Dutch illegal immigrant who, I'm not making any of this up, incidentally. I, mm-hmm. I, I, was, uh, I, I hadn't known this previously. I was like, really? What the fuck? Um, it's a remarkable story. <laughs> it really is. Um, you, know, you can see a lot of bits of his history. It's like, we're, dude, you made... So many terrible choices. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you know, things, you know, things like okay, somebody goes and mucks around with various laws concerning traveling carnivals in the Netherlands, and basically stops Tom Parker from ever going onto that road. I mean, that would presumably be the road that means that we never get Elvis Presley superstar, but we maybe get Elvis Presley old man, mm. or Elvis Presley sort of dedicated gospel kind of singer rather than yeah. um, rock and roll breakout. Yeah. Well, certainly international movie star. And so, yes, the unusual, yes, for this idea, the unusual amount of Elvis is there is an unusual amount of Elvis. There are more Elvises than we know what to do with. And basically, the game realistically is how do you solve this problem? You, you kind of need to figure out who's doing this I like the idea that they're probably just cowering in a lab somewhere, wondering, <laughs> wondering what on earth is going wrong, having no idea it was them who did it. Because they did everything right. Um, yes, and they did it all for the right reasons. That's interesting. That, that is actually something, something that I, that a similar theme that I've got, but we'll, we'll, we'll pick at your idea a little bit first. I actually like this for being a... This, to, this would be a game where you've done... If, you, if it's a long-running campaign, you've done time repairs, chrono maintenance, various things. You've dealt with these situations, and you've just successfully finished your last mission, and you come back to this utter carnage. And now you've and and now you get to prove that you have have from all the things you've learned, all of the stuff that you've discovered, all the tools that you've got to apply to this carpet bombing of history, mm-hmm. and how to get back to. Because presumably this was launched from like a, a fixed point or somewhere that you can't go back to from where you currently are. Maybe there is a there is a loophole that you can figure out. So you can't just undo the the intent or the initial event. But there's also way too much to fix by hand. So you've got to find out a uh, you've got to find out a compromise there and figure out maybe some way to get around what has been wrought. <laughs> yeah, somehow you've got to fix this. Mm, and as a as a sort of like a graduating project, as a sort of like a real oh, 
you thought you you knew what uh, what a, a tough mission looked like. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Like it. My sort of B team idea for this one is is very it's very much the same setup, uh, but with a different cast of characters. Uh, it would probably work better as a as a one shot because you know, in this you know, in this scenario you've got multiple branching universes. You've got multiple versions of Elvis. In some of these universes, the person who receives this um, received that package because even when the yeah there's the the person who started all this was alive, packages get lost and hmm. basically at yeah in in some universes that package ended up in the hands of Elvis, possibly. Mm-hmm core Elvis or possibly alternate universe Elvis. So sort of the universe spawns, the package gets delivered again, but ends up in the hands of Elvis himself. And so it's got information on this alternate version of Elvis and on time travel. Some of them are going to get curious. Some of them are going to get curious enough to try to jury rig a time machine. Yep. And some of them might indeed be the evil goateed Elvis that is going to uh, threaten all of creation. Uh, Yeah, and so I I quite like the idea of you've got these these characters arrive, they are all different alternate versions of Elvis. So we have... Yeah, we have the Elvis who never became a a big musical um, superstar and, you know, but instead was, he's this guy who has kind of a blue-collar job, but plays with his buddies in a band um, in, in sort of local bars. We have the Elvis who joined the military, found for the first time in life that he wasn't under, uh, in his, his sort of performing life, that he wasn't under Tom Parker's thumb and stayed in the military. Uh, that's slightly inspired by, I think, a Dark Futures. It was an RPG from many years ago. Um, scenario that has sort of in uh yeah sort of special agent colonel presley um i'm kind of imagining him as more as i mean it would be entertaining to have sort of first sergeant of the u.s army uh e aaron presley um Mm. but that's just basically a bunch of different versions of elvis arrive see this scene and then figure out because you know unlike unlike potentially the um the researchers they're going to be able to sort of look at the timeline and go all of this stuff relates to me because it's their history, or at least versions of their history, their history, and so you've got the alternate version of a bunch of Elvis alternatives attempting to fix the timeline. That feels a lot more wacky hijinks. Yeah, it can be interesting. I mean, yeah, the different sets of skills of possible, yeah, of Elvis's possible timelines. Oh, I do have to make a a, a recommendation for. Um, a maybe name slash soundtrack for your I mean apart from the obvious um, for your thing uh, Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds Tupelo particularly for the uh, more apocalyptic parts because it is it makes the the man comes around sound um, upbeat and cheerful <laughs> and is indeed about um, Elvis's uh, birth it huh. doesn't quite yeah, you, you if 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 you weren't listening closely, you might think it was the the coming of the Antichrist, but it it's <laughs> it's got a certain 
vibe to it but it's it's got references to you know where elvis was born the fact that he had a um a stillborn twin brother and other sorts of things i think the the implication might be more that he was sort of had this weight put on him he was he, he became burdened with all these expectations and um yeah that all started back at that sort of that fateful time of his birth but yeah it's a it's quite a grim song <laughs> if, if you're going to use that then it de- there definitely needs to be the the evil the dark elvis out there yeah indeed this <laughs> the elves us are, are people still <laughs> playing among among us i don't know <laughs> I, I i don't know either I, I played it i think once with some people from work <sighs> i tended to die a lot because i couldn't figure out how to operate stuff or because it took me longer to operate stuff than it did for somebody to kill me. Um, and that is the point. But yes, also, um, if you're trying to figure out what's going on, there are places that's best not not to be. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. I may have gotten gotten spaced once in that one because it was all they, they thought it was very sus- suspicious that I'd taken so long to. I don't know. There was a thing that needed to swipe the card, and I couldn't figure out what the hell. I was supposed to do with the screen. Oh no, that's that's terrible. Uh, and if you, if you did the um, the timing is uh, not good. It, it's it's one of the wacky ones. All right, yeah, that's probably enough of that that very two thousand twenty one digression. <laughs> but yes, so that is yeah that is my my pitch for the unusual amount of Elvis. Um, depending on, and it's basically an opportunity to have lots and lots of really weird versions of Elvises. I'm kind of liking the idea that in at least, I mean, I don't know exactly how they'd solve the problem, but I really like the idea of, okay, so let's check out what happened in this timeline. And it turns out to be the timeline where somebody decided to use bizarre genetic super science to try to create a a drug resistance immortal Elvis and ended up sort of creating Elvis Godzilla, just because I think it would be funny. Home cloning is killing music. (coughs) Nice, nice. Yeah, that was a 2000 AD story about uh, people grafting 20th century musicians into, like, flesh mounds, and Elvis was one of them. Ugh. And just the phrase flesh mound, you know this, this is not going well. It's, uh... <laughs> at best, you're looking at, at bad slash fic. That's, and that's the best case scenario. The very best. Um, so, that's excellent. I like it. It's a lot of times you might think it's it might be you you might stop to consider just a tiny bit evasive on on like the life and so forth of person but believe me it that was a problem when he was alive even early in his career it became an issue that you know he he was from the random things I've seen he seems like a, a really just kind of down to earth genuine person who enjoyed having a spotlight on him and performing for people and yeah it, it didn't really might he may not have had the best boundaries i think is the mm. issue <laughs> so yeah that concerned people basically through his entire thing um some of the interesting stuff i i found out i mean did, did try to do a genuine amount of research for this i found and and my idea was going to revolve around elvis impersonators because ooh despite vague only having vague memories of 3000 miles to graceland not being able to track down a relatively interesting looking uh documentary called almost elvis and i found a 10 minute clip 
it waxes very lyrical about the 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 um, the breadth and you know diversity and the passion of people who want to impersonate Elvis to the point of actually kind of t- describing it as almost like a shamanic um, the, the spirit of Elvis enters your body kind of thing while the trailer for Almost Elvis has a jazz funk version of Also Spake Zarathustra which is a thing of miracles upon itself yet there's 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 just other little tidbits there's just things about his life the fact that he had he has like 739 officially recorded songs only the biggest elvis impersonator conventions would mean that anyone could ne- would necessarily need to double up they could all have a song apiece like the 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 biggest like haven't even like topped out a thousand and the interesting thing about you know that 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 this Elvis, I, I feel that Elvis was kind of like a cultural touchstone through almost my entire life, maybe up until like 10 years ago, but most of those references were kind of shitty Gen X references, or <laughs> very, very sort of condescending kind of stuff. They seem to be people taking the piss, or at very least sort of just sort of ribbing the idea of Elvis as a cultural icon, especially, you know, his, his, his later years. The secret jumpsuit, Vel- uh, Vegas residency years. It wasn't even years. It was like a, it was kind of a, a kind of a terrifying decline, you know, mostly driven by like touring relentlessly health issues and substance abuse. So much substance abuse. Yeah. Um, and you know, basically kind of being, being, Ah, what was the line? There's a line from Warren Zavon song called Porcelain Monkey, which apparently there is just in Graceland a porcelain monkey, or maybe a collection of things he just happened to think were cool and had around in this place. But there was a, um, there's a a pair of lines, which is left behind by the latest trends. He fried chicken with his regicidal friends. That's how the story ends with a porcelain monkey <laughs> and yeah it's while i suspect lawrence von has sort of amount of sympathy for the uh, substance abuse and the um weird life of rock and roll it, you know, there's a lot of stuff that it was like a punchline just for random things you know just chucking a reference to elvis into like your your 90s video game or your aughts pulpy comedy horror movie like bubba hotep or something like that some of it was done with genuine affection. Some of it mm, seemed kind of Not shitty. So much, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And considering, and it might just have been like getting back at the the parents kind of stuff, which you know, let, let's be fair, <laughs> we still haven't managed it. <laughs> Not on a yeah. like a social equity scale, so uh, might, have, might have to give that up. <laughs> the idea of, like I said, from my awareness and i think this might change because apparently there is a baz lumen biopic coming out this year so we might be riding high more irony come later folks riding high on a crest of like elvis appreciation probably not <laughs> very almost certainly probably not i i, I yeah I'm, I'm suspecting it's more elvis nostalgia to to be honest well no, no exactly this this is rediscovery i mean the guy had some good songs. Hmm? 
my personal favorite might be suspicious minds that's uh that's uh that goes it really, it really does but there might be a lot of people who just haven't heard or i you know identify i've been aware that elvis is a thing and not have certainly young, youngsters will be um when i say youngsters in half the population of the earth is at this point in time but ben is super old people <laughs> i super, feel super old. super old judge dread has been in print for 45 years that is uh <laughs> judge dread is super old people no wait where are we going <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he, he is actually. It's kind of kind of the problem. <laughs> well, I mean, two thousand AD his name hasn't made sense for over two decades. So, mm. in the science and technology show beyond two thousand. Well, anyway, please go on. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was weird to start with. But so yeah, we're nearing another crest, the, the crest of another but smaller, high and beautiful wave of of, of eldersness. I I suspect so, and I mean. That was kind of where I was eventually kind of filtered down. I didn't manage to find a watchable copy of what was probably a terrible uh, heist flick with everyone in nudie suits, which was the name of the designer, interestingly enough. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's another thing that I learned from bloody um, oh, Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, so that, that's weird. Anywho, all of that blather... My pitch is that humanity has gone to the stars. We are now part of a cosmopolitan, mostly peaceful, mostly integrated kind of galactic community of folks. And there's a lot of like cultures and things that, 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 that folks share, but of you know of Earth culture, music's pretty popular. There's lots of lots of music to choose from. But there is one that the that you know the the, the intergalactic sort of the, the, the translators and cultural experts identified that apparently has like planet-wide appeal and the i and it also has this, this interesting spiritual element and the idea of this inclusivity that anyone can feel the, the the you know the pelvic gyrations and and showmanship course through them when they you know they don this the these majestic garments which apparently appear to have been inspired by 50s comics which makes elvis a comics nerd but you know my me kids in the 50s for captain marvel jr he had like like lightning bolts and and uh like a an opera cloak with a with a collar and you yeah. know sideburns and slicked back hair so it was like huh okay who knew um apparently he was at that point in time wasn't very he was a bit of a outcast at the uh, high school he was at and um people referred to people who played shitty guitar as an elvis so <laughs> kids Yay! <laughs> Apparently, it did not stop him. So, good on him for that. Anywho, so in this into this so galactic melting pot, the idea of Elvis impersonation as being this wholesome, inclusive, and kind of you know, sort of not quite spiritual, but not 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 too appropriative. It's 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 a kind of like a it's a univer Apparently, it's supposed to be a universal thing. So, people from other worlds get into it, and you know, and they have great fun. And so this, uh, the the Elvis impersonating conventions take off. They don't seem to have gotten any bigger in later years. Let's see if Baz can sort that, sort that out for them. And one of the um, and one of these one of these uh, great gatherings, some 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 trinket of Elvis memorabilia, something portable, something that's an accessory or something. There's a particularly gaudy gold double eagle encrusted in more gold and diamonds and so forth. That might make sense. This this, this medallion, which is just it's kind of hideous, but it would make sense for that sort of thing, as being displayed as like a genuine artifact of, of, the, of the true Elvis. 
it goes missing. And the thing is, this is unthinkable. Because somebody who had Elvis in their heart would not do such a, a, a terrible thing, deprive the other people who had showed such veneration for Elvis. They, then they wouldn't they wouldn't think in those terms. It would he, he he was great. He was a big giver of gifts as well. You know, he he started off the whole have a car thing. Oprah was just um, stealing that, stealing stealing that shtick. Okay, so this mm. is the equivalent of somebody nick, uh, nicking the Turin shroud or um... nicking and possibly wearing around the Vatican. <laughs> right. Because I mean, I was I was going to get into a, a gag about have you heard of the British Museum, but um... <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but yes, the, the, the presumably, I mean, the, the, this, these these this is this is the far future. Fabricating, especially to your various um, your various forms, your Elvis getup is not a problem. You could get pretty authentic looking gear, but the idea that somewhere in there's like thousands of um, in in like thousands of of beings. All wearing span this sort of spandex and and sequins and so forth. They're, you know, they're all just a dazzling array. Somewhere out there, there is someone who does not, is not who is who is no true Elvis. So, of all the people here, there is one extra. There is someone, even the staff, even the staff are, are known to be like, you know, true. It, it, it's not a faith but it's kind of a it's kind of a creed it's, and it's in, at this point you know it's unthinkable someone who's involved you know directly with this this um movement it, it's certainly event movement is kind of a thing it's it's but yeah would do this so it's 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 unthinkable and the people who discover this are a group of of true believers and they they they, they feel that you know if somebody discovered even if it was somebody even if they discover it was somebody who like had, had managed to get in with, with foul intent, they think it would it would terribly terribly affect people's faith in one another. It would be a, it would be a great blow to the, the community. So they want to be able to, they want to find the person who took it and see if they can convince them to get it back or get it back off them somehow. And they're folk they're folks from all different 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 species. And what I'm envisaging as a game is. Let's say they, they all they all they're all true believers. They all have Elvis in their hearts. But they also they're they're also people. They also have completely genuine problems. And there are issues that they might that you know, the Elvis impersonation might be to distract them from, or it's a way of getting out of a situation. That might make something like a solid gold ancient medallion from the, 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 the home of Elvis really tempting. I'm thinking of a sort I'm thinking of a sort of a siren style game where you build your character as you go, trekking around this convention, trying to find out who took the medallion. And there's every chance it's one of the players. And the idea is to kind of um, illuminate everyone's, like, you know, this this magnificent sort of, sort of peacocking kind of performance actually is hiding some, some, some dark secrets and so forth. And it may... The mechanism precisely of how I do this, I would need to, to, to figure out. But the idea would be that during the course of play, you discover that somehow this terrible thing has come to pass. And what the revelation means is something you determine as you go through the story. It learn more about this fantastic setting and so forth. But the idea is eventually that, you know, the culprit is found. Is, but is the, is the revelation of why this is necessary... I mean, 
you build you build you build you build the characters to go, but the idea that you know that somebody needs this to make sure that you know they're to to save their endangered species, or maybe this is this is somebody from from Earth, or even you know from the North American Urbo block or whatever who is trying to recover this this um, piece of their culture which they feel has been taken from. But the reasons for that kind of oh, it is the British Museum, okay, huh? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Maybe it is just the British Museum with sequence. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but the idea that yeah, that no one is exactly what they appear, and there's there's a bit of paranoia in there, except you know, with less murder. But um, hopefully, hopefully, yes. The idea that they discover that you know that, that learning about one another's uh, the way that you know the things that pretending to be this glittering, gyrating god takes them away from but you know the idea that 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 the loss of this this token is also what means stripping away from that from from them and might also be the reason the token was taken so yeah that's my whodunit Uh if i pitched that just right (laughs) (laughs) nice and i like the idea but at least the the idea i'm getting i don't know whether this is what you're specifically envisaging that these are not trained investigative types in their their non-conventioned life it's just mm. these are the ones who notice that the thing has gone missing so presumably yeah, there's they... also the we have to stop other people from figuring out that this thing has gone missing maybe they're the next batch of people and their tour guide and they've all suddenly realized oh no we can't if this person is blamed for the um the the the, the, the mailing going missing the, it's the, the you know the wrath of thousands of of elves and personages will fall on their heads. We've got to, one of the reasons we've got to help them. Nice. Who is better placed? So yeah. So the idea that there's like oh no yes the exhibit's being clean is closed for a moment. We need to do some cleaning. Ah, we've got a limited amount of time. Well, maybe dread would be interesting. Um, having Ebedai Rauchel's um, announcement for the forty fifth two thousand AD anniversary is that he's done dread colon dread where you rush to one of the the, the, the scenario bases you rush to get Walter the robot to spill the beans on the Justice Department's um, suppression of democracy and Judge Dredd is on his way so you've got to uh, get Walter the the unfortunately chatty robot and robot butler of Dredd in front of a crowd before Judge Dredd turns up and does exactly what Judge Dredd is very good at Respecting the rights of citizenship. Wait, no, no, it's oppression. No. It's definitely oppression. <laughs> totally oppression. Yeah. Uh, everyone's favourite satirical fascist sci-fi bully boy prior to Warhammer 40k. Yeah, there might be others since, but yeah. <laughs> those, those are the big ones, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Dread, Dread would be a fun one. It would. I was trying to make it work in my head for Fiasco and it doesn't quite work i think it's already fiasked enough there's, it's there's not, not much people... of a twist you can do well, yeah there's not much of a tilt you can do to it is there it's it, it's all i think it's all twists that's kind of the thing and also mm. these aren't bad terrible flawed people whose plans all come unstuck as much it might be a um, similar mechanism i mean the idea that you know so you're um you're pulling bricks out of the um out of the tower um, or revealing sort of like a dark secret or something like that. There might be a, um, yeah, coming up with a, uh, a, a appropriately sort of 
damning kind of oh that could be a motive kind of thing that could be a, that could be the kind of mechanism there but yeah the idea that when the uh, the dread the, the the tower falls it's like oh no it was me it was me and that was the basically where you admit that you know who the um you know you know at least a significant part of what's going on you revealed that maybe not the culprit but you know oh i saw someone doing this and it's like ah so it builds part of that story reveal a, a significant and compromising piece of information because mm. presumably doing the i'm assuming that in the the game of 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 dread the, the tower can fall multiple times to, to uh, i think it depends on the hand i think i think right okay i think the uh there is there is hardcore version where basically um stuff shit is over um, I have not actually had an opportunity to play it. It's, it does sound like multiple people in the same room kind of I would like to have a go. <laughs> Absolutely. So, which wasn't a thing you were particularly keen on even before COVID. It depends on the people and the room. To be fair, and the activity. Mm. But yes, it's not not exactly my go-to. I, I have also not had the opportunity to to play it, and indeed, I'm just imagining imagining the combination of a game that is based. A part of the mechanic is based on sort of trying to precisely remove blocks from a increasingly precarious tower, set up on a folding conference table. Fair, fair call. I mean, that's hard mode, right there. That's yeah, it's uh, yeah. Yeah, you, know, you could have the circumstance where um, everybody dies because somebody moves their soda can wrong. Um, so it's good for a cold, unfeeling universe. I mean, Lovecraftian. Um, setting, <laughs> you know, and this person dies randomly. You weren't even doing anything. Eh, sure, goth ate him. <laughs> Somebody bumped the table. You got eaten by a group. It happens. Yeah, yeah. This this sort of feels like a. I mean, this definitely feels like a one. I mean, I get the idea that dread is quite good for one shot, so it definitely feels. Oh like yeah, a one shot. Yeah, this is a thing. a play to find out kind of game. Yeah, exactly. And I would I would applaud until my. Um feeling leaves my my arms that somebody who can come can play multiple heart-rending stories of uh alien elvis impersonation uh heartbreak and um emotional turmoil uh, but yeah I, I, probably more of a more of a you know one-off <laughs> you might need to change the focus a little bit more if you want to do multiple um yeah. heartbreaking stories of, of, of true loss mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm i'm satisfied with you know it, it being a one-off, <laughs> you could you could live with that. I could. I mean, it's not like we've actually. Well, we've nearly. Actually, it's been sorry, folks. I guess this is a, this is a quick uh, a quick sidebar. We've been doing this for nine years. <laughs> we missed the uh, that that particular anniversary in the start of March, and uh, wow, we all feel old. You feel old, Craig. No older than usual. Oh, true. Hmm. Um, if, I mean, somebody did ask me how old I was in a in a pub a while ago, and when told the answer, I got told, "Oh, fuck off!" But in a "I don't believe you" kind of way, <laughs> not, not the usual way. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Yeah, not okay. the "you are too yeah yeah you are too irrelevant to come into this club" kind of way, which yeah, I'm sure will happen. Um, Hey, that's one of the upsides of COVID. No one's uh, going to be turning away at the door for a good reason. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, that was a bizarre diversion, even for us. Indeed, indeed. 
sorry, it was just the, um, we've just had the COVID restrictions lifted in New Zealand. And it, suddenly it's gone from, the mandates are killing, uh, killing businesses, the mandates are terrible. It's like, oh, okay, everyone, everyone's allowed to go back to work if they take these various safety precautions. What do you mean everyone's working from home? It's like, mm. oh, it wasn't the mandates. It was people going, ah, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, yeah. Yes, I, I passed the two years working from home mark a little while ago. Uh, applause, um, though not I, too I, enthusiastic I, because it's I kind of I could go a, back into the office. I just don't want to. True. It's it's not it's not like far away or anything, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can walk there in a very short period of time. But it would be like like all of my stuff is here at this point. Just the sheer amount of work stuff I've got stuck to walls around me is frankly worrying. Now that I start to count it. Hmm. I don't even know what some of this stuff is anymore. <laughs> ah, right. Yes. Yes, that, that's the roadmap. That's the roadmap. That's the roadmap to... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's a product roadmap for a product that we can't identify anymore. Yes. Mm. Hmm. That, that sounds... Yeah, so it, it's, it's simultaneously an investigation game and not, which is kind of fun. Hmm. There definitely needs to be a mechanism to encourage people to come up with zany reasons for, and also, but also emotionally resonant reasons for aliens to be Elvis impersonators. Apart from, you know, the obvious that Elvis came to us from the stars and has returned to the mothership. His truth is marching on. And an obvious, an obvious place to start for that mechanic would be, well, you've got this, this dread tower thing. Hmm. Presumably, at times, that thing is going to collapse when you don't want it to. I think it's most some sort of, the time. of mechanism, some sort of mechanism to allow you to take that back by making this this shocking revelation about something. It feels oh, a bit so- anime and or soap opera now that I think of it. But actually, there is a game they've got called Shinobi Gami, which is pretty much powered by secrets and revelations and so forth it's you know battles between ninja clans and so there's a lot of aha kind of anime revelations so forth and maybe a similar sort of thing as that um mechanics where you can say rather than rather than taking a brick from the middle section of the tower you 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 may allow to you're allowed to like oh make a uh, make a, a statement and i'll take a brick off the top of the tower which should be a lot safer I'm sure structural hmm. engineers can tell us when it, why it might not be, but <laughs> I mean, depending on how how enthusiastic people have gotten lower down, you may end up in the circumstance where no, that still was an important brick. Um, mm, mm, it was just just a very it were a less direct way than all. Yeah, but mm. I think that would be the crux of it to get people to um, to get to inspire people to to come up with zany things. They're not too zany and derailly, but um, yeah. Zany, but also heartwarming. Yes, indeed, indeed. Hmm. Heart zany. That's not the right. No, don't don't <laughs> straight that. That's not. That's not what we're That is, is almost certainly a, 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 a cardiac symptom that you don't want. Zane warming. That's actually worse. Yes. <laughs> All right. So moving on. Escaping immediately. So we 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 have an idea from John, which which runs as follows. First off, 
This is using the rules created by Marcus L. Rowland, game designer emeritus, specifically the companion to Diana Warrior Princess, Elvis, the legendary tours. For those unfamiliar with the setting, here's how he describes it. Imagine our world, seen by someone as remote from us as we are from the ancient Greeks, with as many gaps in their knowledge. Imagine it converted to a TV series by a production company with the loving attention to historical accuracy we have come to expect from such TV series. Then imagine the RPG of that series. This adventure will see our uh, our heroes, Elvis, John Lennon, the um, Soviet spelling, not the other one, uh, Senator Joe McCartney, Billy Doc Holliday, Bob the Builder Marley, and Jean-Claude Van Halen, I missed that when I first read it, trying to find out why there's an unusual amount of Elvises around. Also, what is the plural of Elvis? Just throwing that one out there. Well, so it's Elvi. Yeah. The first encounter is in a village where a portly gentleman in white spandex and sequins is doing a passable imitation of the bard Elvis. Turns out that the reason he was doing it was doing so was that Elvis had left the building i.e. died and it was up to the true believers to take up his mantle and become once and future Elvis. Imagine his surprise that reports of Elvis's demise were greatly exaggerated. Who would do such a thing? I don't know, maybe his evil half-brother Abbot Costello, ruler of Graceland. Seems that his brother decided that the best way to deal with him was to make everybody think that Elvis died and this would draw his brother out and Abbot could then deal with him with ease. Instead, every Tom, Dick, and Harry has donned the white spandex and pompadour and took up the mantle of Elvis. So, what's a troubadour to do? The I am Spartacus, but with sparkly bits. I am sparkled. No, just no. No. Not happening. No. Most of these impersonators are subpar at best. Cringeworthy at worst. Though there are a few that stand out. And maybe Elvis can get the band back together. Recruit some of these El- other Elvises and spread the word that he's not dead yet. And maybe take the forces of evil that his half-brother has recruited. John has provided a list of possible Elvises that uh, we'll, we'll put in the, the show notes because it's like a lot of links and I'm not reading those out. Sorry. There's, there's a bunch of possible possible Elvises. Certainly a few of them have been come up with over the course of, um, of, of this episode. John has a bunch more, so please check the show notes and how things are arranged are up to the players but the forcing forces facing them should be formidable there it is and in john's own words thank you very much though he did also think of a, a group that should be be brought in i think purely as the um the the transport division of the flying elvises who have appeared in movies i'd also like to to put in the red elvises who are a band or igor and the red elvises who have appeared in various movies that nobody's ever seen. One of those is Six String Samurai? That is correct. They they did uh, much of the soundtrack for Six String Samurai, which is mm. a it's a brilliant film if you want to see Buddy Holly battle Slash. Mm, in a radioactive post-apocalypse with full of suburban cannibals and... I think that's all I remember. Uh, cavemen driving cars. Right. It was a weird movie. Yeah, well, to be fair, right, today uh, in Fallout New Vegas completed the side quest, very good XP on that for a side quest, um, GI Blues for the King of Freeside in, in New Vegas, uh, and started Ain't Nothing But a Hound Dog to see if I can help fix his cybernetic dog Rex. So, 
Huh. It has a lot of, like I say, the cultural um, echoes still echo. Mm. Okay. So, yes, the uh, classic pre-misremembered history. It's certainly, uh, it's kind of an artifact of the um, Elvis was our parents music to a degree. This one seems to be a more loving one, at very least. <laughs> it's, I think you couldn't do the, I wouldn't want to do this without some, some affection for the material. Absolutely. Because otherwise... Uh... Also, I guess familiarity is the other point. Because well, the... Yeah. Um... Though not too much familiarity. Like, this, this one feels like accuracy would kill it. Ideally, you want well, people this... poorly understanding it. Well, that's the thing. If, it, if they put... If, if no one understands it... it the, the, some of the toxicity was like familiarity breeding contempt. It being seen as like, an, like the old wave and so forth. So there was like... It seemed like ripe to dunk upon, but you do have to kind of know the stuff to recognise that to either to make fun of it or make light of it. So yeah, that's kind of an interest. That's an interesting. I guess that's true for a lot of like cultural touchstones. But yeah, getting super specific about it makes it a bit interesting. True, you can't. Yeah, if you're if you're doing an Elvis game and nobody gets references to Colonel Tom, then that's a problem. Mm. Though you've got a Bowie reference right there. Yeah. Elvis's, Elvis's space traveling uh, manager, Major Tom. Mm. Major Tom Parker. That, wow, that's terrible. I'm going to stop now. So I, I guess you've, you've got the, uh, the cultural background to. I'm pretty sure I've seen at least bits of various Elvis films while my mother sat there and cried. That's, yeah. That's I don't a, have a funny bit a... for that. I'm sorry. It's just like that. Well, no, just, absolutely. Just also. Yeah, that's kind of the, 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 the place we're kind of approaching it from. It's like, this was this was huge. This I mean, appropriation aside, because all of rock and roll has that, that aspect to it, people are adamant that, that you know, the musicals probably changed their lives. And, you know, in ways it, it clearly did. So, yeah, it uh, had, had an impact. So that's, that isn't suitable. Yeah, good. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just sort of trying to think of a... Try, trying to think of a, a summing up comment for this one because I mean, like, as with a lot of John's stuff, it is it is a complete idea, and we're just kind of tutoing around the edges, as it were. And I, I would like to have a go at Elvis the Legendary Tours or Diana Warrior Princess, just just for something with all the historical accuracy that we have come to expect from shows like uh, uh, Hercules, Xena, and the lesser known Atlantis. Um, was Atlantis. <laughs> Pretty much anything Kevin Sorbo has been in, especially lately, since he started doing very weird Christian films. Yeah. Very weird. <laughs> but let's not get, get get too bogged down in that. <laughs> let's not get too bogged... Yeah. Yeah. Any, anyway. Um, I don't think he was in Atlantis. No, he was in the other one, Andromeda. That was what I was thinking of. But yeah. Oh, that's uh, right. That was... Uh, yes, maybe that's what's made him vengeful. I think I started watching Andromeda, but I can't remember why I stopped watching Andromeda. Andromeda had the fascinating thing that they would only have half of the cast, or half of the supporting cast, in every other episode once the uh, pilot started. So that gave it a really weird huh. vibe. It, it, it seemed, uh, you know, watching through it just seemed like, yeah, they just, just do half the, half the cast would be, you know, half the supporting cast would be there one week and half the supporting cast would be there the other. Budget issues? I think so, yes. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Very strong implications that was maybe not enough money to run around. The fact that one of the um, one of the, the alien warrior species were Nietzscheans was also a choice. <laughs> I, I thought those were the, the, the genetically modified um, oh, yes. uh, superior yeah. humans. Um, it's, that, that, it made sense, in a way. <laughs> mm. It's definitely a choice. Anyway, um, you know, veering wildly away from um, <laughs> the, the... His subosity. The, the, the once and future Sorbo. I don't know. I've, I've, I've seen various uh, sort of social media posts by, by Mr. Sorbo run... Uh, but I also know people who worked on the shows he did earlier in his career and said he was a thoroughly nice guy. Yeah, and the early 21st century has weirded a lot of brains, let's be fair. Yeah, I, I can see getting a short-run series of, of, of episodes out of this one because it would be quite fun to do that and just like really lean into the this is a shitty TV show, but it's fun so let's do the the sort of you know, we get up to the end of the episode and then we reveal the next dark Elvis that we have to to battle. It's a little bit Scott Pilgrim, but I can live with it. Yeah, it would be it would be kind of fun to structure it to structure it in that way. And I think you also have to you running the game you would have to accept that there are going to be some of the references that people aren't going to get. Some of it's just going to fall flat. That's always a I mean, that is always something that is a matter of... That, that's, it always should be a caution that you may be playing with uh, references. When I was at, at high school, the game we played with were just the, the random nerds from my high school. And it happened that, like, two-thirds of the, the... Like, a third of the group weren't white. And that was pretty... It wasn't something we thought about. We were teenage shitheads. Um, we liked playing role-playing games. And, but that was pretty respectable considering the school that, that we were at. That's quite remarkable. I... Yeah, yeah. The thing is, we didn't think about it. It wasn't something was that was something we, we, we considered. We were all nerds. To be fair, I went to a super duper white high school, so um, mm. yeah. And that that will that can happen. And that wasn't nearly um, it wasn't as strongly represented when I went to university. I don't think it was anyone was was the gatekeeping was was sort of like active. I hope. Um, or at least that I noticed. But there was a wall of Monty Python and, like, um, Douglas Adams references that someone would have had to climb over <laughs> to get to that, plus, you know, you know, the, the, and much less the idea of, like, the gender imbalance or, you know, other, more, more, other minorities, were, you know, at that time might not even be even aware, very aware existed. So sometimes it's not conscious, sometimes it's not just horrible froth mouth bigotry sometimes it's just like oh we're used to talking this way and we don't know how to step out of that mode or we're not thinking about stepping out of that mode mm. and it's just it might just be off-putting to be honest i guess that was probably a lot of it yeah everybody <laughs> i know gets monty python references therefore yes. everybody in the world gets monty python references yeah yeah so that i guess that that's probably the, the thing i draw there is like because this game is based around references to those sorts of things, articulating that would be nearly impossible because there would be so much possibility. So it is kind of something that you would pitch. Yeah, it would be like me trying to sit down and, and you know play a game based on TikTok memes. I would fucking die, probably for real. <laughs> so yeah, so it's it's just consideration as um as old bastards need to need to be aware of and 
Mm. It can be managed, I suspect, but... If, if, yeah, if I was sort of putting this together for a a convention or something, the temptation would be to just d- deliberately slather it with as wide a, a bunch of references as possible so that there will be something in there for every decade somehow. Get in a Kanye West or a, a Kim Kardashian reference because that's reasonably topical. Um, that can also make it a bit. That can also weaken it a bit. I mean, maybe you just got to be conscious. It's like, do you know what VH1 is or something like that? And it's like, yes, <laughs> this is for you. Or nope. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> hey, maybe you won't have much fun. This is this is for old. Yeah, this is for old bastards. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It's a. It's it's a. It's a depressing thing to have to ponder. Oh well. But probably worth worth doing. Hmm. It's it it could be done. It would be it would be an entertaining challenge to try to to come up with the um with the the multi-purpose unusual amount of Elvis scenario with enough misunderstood history and pop culture references that that somebody yeah everybody will get something. Plus, it will be vaguely entertaining to be sort of you know, rattling off a okay, and before you stand the the Legion of Dark Elvises and have different segments of the table snigger at different references mm. because you've hit sort of different um, different generational um, generational touchstones along the way. And, and who knows? There may be you know the um, the light that guides us all might be rekindled by um, the biopic next year, and it's going to be all Elvis all the time. It'll just be like common parlance. Could happen. Weirder things have happened just this week. That's fair. Hmm. So, th- thank you for that, John. Uh, that was, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I, I, I quite like that one. We wandered off into a, 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 a dark and distressing corner for a bit. Sorry about that, but no, I liked your idea. <laughs> I mean, it just oddly enough puts me in mind of the, the, the movie The Emperor's New Groove, which is just basically. You really don't see where you're going with this. Uh, it was mostly just the, the the approach of a really thin plot that was just plastered with as many gags as they could possibly fit into the time available, um, in the hopes that some of them stuck. Um, All right. So ideas, we had them. Now you have them, and we're very sorry. <laughs> All right. So that 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 gets us to the end of what we will laughably call the content. Um, I mean, John John tried his best to save it, and you saw what happened there. You saw what we did to it. That was our fault. We did that. And you listened to it, which makes you just as guilty, listener. You're complicit now. You understand that? Indeed. The Frog Council sits in judgment. So, we now get to announce the the topic for episode 173 of The Big Red Couch, which, uh, after a a flurry of voting, flurry, multiple flurries, an uncountable number of flurries, the winner uh, came to us from John and is Pastry Foo, Crouching Crawler, Hidden Donut. I'm going to be in the vicinity of a Dunkin' Donut sometime tomorrow, so I'm going to go in and order a Cruller, just because I want to know. You get whatever um, factory-assembled version of, of, the, of that that they make. I guess it'll probably look the same. I mean, it might do. This is... I mean, it's going to be a London Dunkin' Donuts, so, you know, it's... Uh... The, the, the most genuine experience possible, definitely. Indeed. Oh, absolutely, yes, yes. If you, if you can't get an authentic donut in London, then... I just I what can't. Are you doing? I mean, it's right next to a Taco Bell in London, in Baker Street. What the hell? <laughs> I'm not even making that up. Oh, they do baked goods. That makes that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. Uh, hmm. But can I detect the baked goods? Sorry, 
sorry, Sherlock Holmes reference, mm. not a good one. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> yeah. So there's that. There's that. So there's that, that, that. Look forward. Look forward to that. Hungrily. Yeah. Would it be wrong to like have donuts to eat during the episode? Asking for a friend. Intensely. I. Yeah. Yeah. Especially okay. because it would probably be either breakfast or dinner for one of us. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nobody really wants to hear donut eating noises on a live donut. Eat. I don't know. ASMR maybe. Anyway. Um. New. No. <laughs> new. No, new. No, new. No, no. <laughs> Just new. No, new. No. Okay. All right. The mob has spoken. Uh, so does that does that leave us with announcing the topics for 174? Or how do we want to do this? Alrighty. So we have topics to vote on on the poll, which Craig will put up even before you hear the episode, I suspect. Pretty much. But if you have not voted, rush out and select from the following amazing options. VIP Zealot by Spambot Despoxito. I thought it was Deposito, but I could be... Maybe that's a song. Anyway, Courtly Submarine Warfare, which comes to us from Ben. Craig suggested Slithering Albion. I don't know where that one came from. It was just a phrase. I, I claim no responsibility. And and the uh, last one is a song lyric. When I die, I'm leaving you my feet. You're going to point us to that piece of music. I think I'll put it in the show notes as a, a, as a transparent yeah. attempt to get people to actually look at the show notes. Mm-hmm. It won't work, but yeah. I live in hope. So yes, those are the, the options for uh, episode 174, and hopefully the, the poll will be up at the, the usual location um, available from the Big, Big Red Couch uh, website by the time you listen to this episode. All right, and we have several other announcements as well. Um, just a week or so, maybe two ago, there was an announcement that's a New Zealand RPG hashtag for creators and creatives in the RPG space in New Zealand. The group, New Zealand, the Kiwi RPGs. In Maori, that's Kimu Fokatao Ao Aotearoa. Uh, they're at www.kiwirpg.com and they're organising a Kiwi RPG Week. And it's running from Sunday the 1st to Sunday the 8th of May. So we'll have one more time to shout it out before that occurs in our uh, next episode. But basically a time to... There will be streams and games and various things about New Zealand RPGs. And since I'm here, I guess we definitely count in some way. So there's a site there to sort of share and, and promote Kiwi RPG stuff, which we've kind of always wanted to do, but we've been completely incompetent. So... I mean, we're we're getting the New Zealand accent out there in in some form. We're we're contributing to the conversation. Neither of our accents are quintessentially Kiwi. Let's be fair. No, we we confuse a lot of people. We've got the the we've got a couple of you know the 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 um, aphorisms, but you know, also we'll we'll sort of drop in random things like you know we're not here to fuck spiders kind of thing just to make for for comedy value. So. Um, I have literally never said that phrase in my life. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that would be uh, from across the uh, ditch, of course. <laughs> um, Australia is scary. <laughs> what's worse is the recent Twitter thread of people claiming that the ice cream float, which is known in New Zealand as a spider, possibly because of the sort of bubbly residue making vaguely like webs maybe actually needs to to be a to do a genuine spider needs to contain 
genuine spiders. And they've made up little rhymes and so forth about what each, you know, what uh, like a, a counting rhyme with a, a different number of spiders meaning different things. <laughs> is this sort of feeding into the whole fried spider as a New Zealand delicacy gag that I've seen? Oh, it might be. Yeah, yeah. The, the frider. <laughs> it could it could be an extension or a, a, an offshoot of that. I think they're just trying to imply that you know, New Zealand has has terrifying spiders, but we just consume them all. I mean, we do have terrifying spiders. They're just also harmless. Yeah, that's fair. Hmm. So look forward to Kiwi RPG Week, where there'll be more very very disturbing spider discourse. I don't know. Hopefully not. Is there actual stuff? Is is this like a sort of raising raising awareness, or are they is just just to is this like a this isn't a convention or anything? This is just kind of a no no. It's it's RPG more of a stuff. I believe there'll be streams and games and gotcha. A highlighting of of people. Uh, I'll chuck our hat at the ring because you know we may have. I don't know if there's anyone's been doing this for as long as we have, but uh, all we get is seniority and irrelevance. But hey, we've been here. I'll take it. Yep, yep, absolutely. Speaking of seniority and irrelevance, we're now on Spotify. (laughs) Someone asked, are you on Spotify? And I went, oh yeah, podcasts go on Spotify. Um, I hadn't used it previously and um, it wasn't difficult. I just hadn't thought about putting the podcast on it. So um, we'll have links and widgets and you can listen to us via the... um, the app that pays artists next to nothing. We certainly won't get any money out of it, but <sighs> there you go. But but we can profit off our enormous back catalogue. I Chirp. can't see that Chirp. happening, eh? <laughs> Chirp. Chirp. Okay, never mind. Fine. Um, well, okay. yes. someone else was going to claim it if we weren't, so... Yep. Mm. <laughs> we might as well. All right. Mm. And, of course, that is that is entertainingly timed that we are putting ourselves on Spotify to get get all relevant with the youths. You, you can't tell, but I'm making like a really awkward like hand gesture here. To sort of imagine, I don't know, sort of 50s dad gesturing with pipe, sort of, oh, um, yeah, anyway. So if you use Spotify, you can listen to us there. And one final announcement. Like we've mentioned, we, and we've just figured out that we've been doing this for quite a long time, Hey, and you and if you're a, you're a dedicated listener, we'll note we've been tinkering around the edges with sort of format changes or funny voices, or you know pretending we're an actual game show or something, and none of it has quite taken or worked specifically. So there is a, uh, a there is a plan afoot to overhaul the podcast. What what you've been listening to for the last ooh, if you if you've stuck around four years or five years has effectively been uh advanced big red couch the basic box came out when we were all in the same room and listening to all the same cicadas at the same time advanced we were doing it as like a multi um multi-location multi um country kind of effort so we are i guess we're tinkering around the edges for um either advanced second edition or third i don't know which would cause more uh, more violent edition wars at this point I, I, I'm figuring it as edition like 1.75. I I feel the core concept 
hasn't really changed that much. It's it's been sort of tinkering <laughs> like, around the, the edges. Core competencies of certainly haven't. <laughs> Harsh but fair. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is this is I think one point. Uh, so sort of big big red couch. Yeah, we're currently listening to sort of one book. book well, you're currently listening to uh, big big red couch uh, sort of one point seven five edition, or as you say, advanced big red couch. Um, one of the two. And so our plan is to figure out. Effectively, what does Big Red Couch 2nd Edition look like? In order to do that, we are planning to take a break. To be clear, what you are listening to right now is not the final uh, episode of Big Red Couch 1.75 Edition. So, we have formulated a plan. Let's, let's, be, okay, let, let's be direct. The initial goal was to see if we could make a podcast, and the, to- the topic of that podcast was... Some people say they don't know how to come up with ideas for role-playing games. Both of those, the, the goal and you know, the, the topics around the goal, we have done. How relevant that is in this age of 500 tabletop RPG bundles and supports of charitable causes for uh, games about uh, extremely personal experiences and ex- extremely novel ideas, we don't know anymore. So we're going to take a bit of time to retool the concept and all time from producing the podcasts, because allegedly that's what we do, even though this is, we are very much hobby scale types, and figure out what we're going to do. At this stage, we'll be doing, including this, four more episodes. So, Big Red Couch 175, from that point, we'll be taking a break. We're not sure exactly how long it is yet, and uh, for myself, I'm planning to do things that, uh, in the time that I would normally be editing a podcast, so there will still be some content. I'm not sure if I'm going to be doing some like personal sort of episodes or just maybe do some written ramblings about ideas. But we'll be taking a, a break, figure out what the direction is to go, and then move on from there. So nothing is set in stone at this stage, except there's definitely a time for a bit of downtime, because even at our relatively relaxed three-week schedule, the upcoming podcast tends to consume all of our thinking about what the podcast is about. So it's hard to change that. And we often fall back. We didn't even do pronouns this this episode. Oh, yeah. It's still, yeah, still he and him. We, 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 we're still kind of running off that thing. So clearly we need to kind of shake that up a bit. And, and Craig's mentioned this has been sitting in the same room, effectively, for the last two years. And between you and me, I think it's getting to him. Between me and me, it's getting... Okay, that wasn't actually a deliberate... Never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, that wasn't a setup gag. But no, no, no. Yeah. Let, 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 leave that in there. That was not me attempting to be funny in the way it sounded like. That was attempting. Um, it was me attempting to be sort of linguistically funny. Not Craig is talking to the people who aren't here. Funny. Just, just to clarify the exact sort of joke that I completely failed to land there. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, I am. I am. Yeah, Ben, ben is going to be is going to be sort of doing doing stuff in the in the break between um, edition one point seven five and edition two of of Big Red Couch. Um, I am going to see what happens. Uh, I am sort of taking a step back on mental health grounds because, as stated, I've been in the same room for two years. Part of that, it could be argued, has been somewhat self inflicted by a um, a desire not to go outside into the world where the COVIDs are. Um, some of it, on the other hand, has been externally inflicted by the fact of pandemic. Hmm. So it's a mix I think there's the same thing. And at least for a, a value, I think this doing this podcast has been helping. But 
It's not a cure. So no. It certainly hasn't ended the pandemic, much to my great disappointment. But yes. I was really hoping that our obscure gaming podcast was going to be the thing that um, beat COVID. Yeah. Um, mm. I'm kind of pissed that didn't happen. I know. It's, a, it, it's a, all of my, um, my expectations have been shattered. My day is ruined and my expectations are uh, in pieces. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. So at this time, there's no intention to halt pod fade or any of those other terrible fates. We've been silly enough to keep it up this long. So, yep, that's, uh, we are probably not much less silly this time. But, and yeah, I hope that if we did any good other than keep ourselves, kept ourselves amused and in contact, we can carry on a small piece of this. I mean, virtually no one is depending on us making this podcast except, you know, a little bit of structure uh, in our lives and catching up with folks. So let's make it, but I'd still like to make it accomplish something, however small. So that's, that's my hope. Also, I hope Craig feels better about stuff and has a chance to do things. Yeah. Hmm. That's nicely non-committal. I like that. That was. <laughs> See, you're not going into politics. The very vague hand gestures I was making. <laughs> I could imagine that indicated precisely nothing, but in a welcoming sort of way. <laughs> hmm. So clearly, Craig is off to start an Elvis cult somewhere in the Highlands, and you know we'll be hearing terrible, terrible murmurings uh, coming out of the the hills at some point. So I'd need to learn how to play the bagpipes to the extent that anybody <laughs> needs to learn how to play the bagpipes. And then I'd need to learn some Elvis numbers. And I'm going to need a sequined kilt. This is already sounding like a bad idea. <laughs> but an incredibly bad idea. Yes. A legendarily bad idea. And also possibly a character for the Elvis the Legendary Journey. So we have Scott's Elvis. Indeed. Yeah, that is just full of... Terrible, One terrible one. potential. Okay, yeah. fine. I was close. All right. So, in summation, episode 175 will be the last episode of Big Red Couch, first edition. We're not 100 on what Big Red Couch, second edition, is going to look like. And so we're going to take some time to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And get a much-deserved break. I was going to go with much-needed deserving seems to be fair yes the 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 audience gets a much deserved break they're the ones that are really suffering yeah they've they've been through a lot yeah yeah it's been that is true they are the true victims here Uh, indeed indeed so with that um somber promise of of doing better i think we can meet this one as well (laughs) it is time for us to finish this uh Episode of Big Red Couch 172. An unusual number of Elvis. And bid you farewell. Until next time. Thank you for listening. Have a good day or night, depending on where you are when you listen to this. Indeed. Take care and uh, look out for Kiwi RPG Week. We'll be doing the, the socials, the, you know. Boosting the signal. We'll be boosting the signal. That's totally a thing, right? That, that, that's... That's a topical reference? Uh, it was at one point. <laughs> oh, All right. Take care, everybody. <laughs> Bye now. Bye. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? 
Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time!